I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in, Sporty Nation. I hope you are all doing well on this wonderful Monday. And, um, you know, I don't have anything fancy for you guys this time around, so I'm just going to introduce, as always, my wonderful and amazing co-host that I am now trying to get to wear a man bun sometime soon. Hopefully you'll get to see that. Richie Suave Flores, how you doing? Hello, Corey. We are recording on Saturday night this time, so I can actually bust out some some booze so i decided to finish off my bottle of my favorite knocking point wine it is their red blend like their signature red blend it's called year five and it's my favorite red blend that they put out it's so delicious i'm really sad that it's that i just finished the bottle so i'm drinking the last little bit of my favorite knocking point wine it's making me really sad well um maybe you need to get some of the Jesse James Decker wine. I know you like how she looks. Maybe you'll also enjoy how her wine tastes. Oh yeah, she's a smoke. She's she's a 10 out of 10. Absolutely. So maybe her wine will be good. Although it's a Pinot Grigio. It's a white. Um, not the biggest white wine fan in the world. It's okay. So on her Instagram story, she did say that she didn't really like white wines. She had to recently get convinced into white wines and that she doesn't like sweet wines. So it's um, a drier Pinot Grigio. Oh, okay. Okay, that I can kind of dig. I can dig that for sure. So as a, uh, as a person who watches all of her stories and stuff, I can tell you that it's going to be not very sweet and more on the drier side because um, that's the way she likes her wine. Okay, that's good to know because I, I, I'm that's how I like my wine as well. That's why I like red so much, is they are very much um, not on the sweet scale. So, yeah, maybe I'll give it a try. We'll see. Yeah, that's a, I'm. Uh, that's something me and you completely agree on. We are both big red wine drinkers, which is really funny because no one ever starts out as a red wine drinker. You start out as a white because that just it, it's not natural when you first start drinking wine. But um, it's funny how many people gravitate slowly towards red and then stick to reds. Like, I stick to reds all the time. I'm not drinking anything fun alcoholic-wise. Um, I'm drinking a diet cherry limeade from Sonic. So that's where my uh, question of carbonated or non-carbonated drinks on Twitter came from because of the fact that I really don't like carbonated drinks. I don't really like the way they make me feel like I don't like the way that, you know, it feels in my mouth and everything. So, um, and, and I think a lot of it was because I played a ton of sports and all I really ever was drinking was water, tea and Gatorade. So, um, I think I'm just not as used to it as I would like to be. I never really drank soda. So, um, there's very few things that I drink that are carbonated and, um, this is one of them. Okay, that's good to know. I still have your your uh, five 
beers left of your Cali Creamin in the fridge available anytime you you make the trek over here to the humble abode. And so they will be sitting in there waiting for you for the next time you come. Yes. Yes. That's so good. I'm so glad that you got me that for when we watched Borat last night. That was very good. I thoroughly enjoyed that beer. It is still my favorite um, of every beer that I've ever tried. I'm glad you like it. I think you I, you let me try it one time and I wasn't the biggest fan of it. So that's why I got my own um, coffee stout in there, which, oh my God, mm, so delicious. But that's for another day. So speaking of Borat, we're going to have our review of Borat coming up in the show. We're also going to talk about the Christian Fisher news from earlier in the week. A couple of other bits of Coyote's information from a new ticket initiative they're doing to some big time women's hockey news this week with the opening of a brand new rink. And of course, our random shit segment, which is coming up at the end of the show. I got some really good shit for you this week, Corey. Some just hum freaking dingers. But before we jump into anything else, you said you wanted to surprise me with a, with a question. So hit, hit me. Okay, so I know you are not a big video game person, but I I got to play something today that I haven't gotten to play since I was a little kid, and I would wake up to my brother playing PS1 in my room, um, because it was in my room for some reason, I don't know why, and um, but Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 got remastered. Oh, to, fuck yes. Yes, I knew. I was like, this has to probably be one of the only things that Richie will know and will find appreciation out of. One and two got remastered. And I was in complete heaven today. And the fact that like, and I haven't gotten to, my boyfriend doesn't let me touch his Xbox for any reason. And I got to play that today. I was so happy. And it was a weird phenomenon they they did some things like obviously it was remastered and so there's a little changes it's definitely um touchier than it used to be and uh it's got new songs in it now so they added like some hip-hop into it they added um some of the new machine gun kelly album into it um so it's a little bit different but it was it gave me like 2000s feels i used to play tony hawk's pro skater on pc because i didn't have i didn't have console games when i was when i was a kid so i'd play a lot of computer games so that's how i played all my my games up until i was probably i don't know i didn't get a ps2 until i was probably 12 or 13 years old so uh, the original tony hawk's pro skater madden I used to always play on the computer and yeah. So I, I, I think I, I, uh, Tony Hawk's pro skater two, or no, 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 no. It was the original. Sorry. I had Tony Hawk's pro skater. Cause I remember starting out in that big ass warehouse. Yep. And, that was the first one I did today. And, um, and so, yeah, I played that when I was a kid and I, I know it got, had gotten released remastered and I was like, man, I wish I had a console cause I would love to play the shit out of it again. Because it was one of my, it's one of the, my favorite games of all time. And later on in the series, um, I played like Tony Hawk's Underground later on in the series for PlayStation 2. And that was awesome. And so, yeah, I'm jealous. 
you're gonna have to come over sometime and play it it is yes like i i don't know it was just like going back to my childhood and it was it's really funny because i've always been like a i always say punk rock but like a i guess emo is what people like to call it um rock and i i i'm very embarrassed to say that uh, machine gun kelly's a uh, new um punk emo rock album is actually sadly pretty good um but it between listening to some of that just to see what it was like today and playing that it was like my childhood dreams it was insane today i felt like i had one massive throwback it was really cool though and you'll have to come over sometime soon and play it because you'll feel the same way Oh yeah, and I would, I would I'm gonna crush it too because I was good at that game. I threw some. I'd love to throw some ollies in there, some um, some board grabs. Oh my gosh, I did did the some three sixties in there. Absolutely. Um, who was your go to like skater that you picked? Um, I really liked. I'm trying to think of who. I used to always choose. I really liked Bucky Lassick back in the Bucky day. Bucky Lassick was my go-to. Bucky Lassick and Bob Burnquist were the two I'd always choose. The, that's actually who I was trying to side between. So um, I actually, when I was when I was little, I actually used to. I until I was seven, my parents wouldn't uh, give me uh, my wouldn't give me a dirt bike basically because they didn't think I was old enough. So until then, I skateboarded. Um, I actually went to skate parks and stuff like that. And so um, I used to watch it on TV and stuff too. And I liked them a lot. So yeah, those were actually the two that I went through too. Probably Bucky Lastic was the one that I, I think I probably chose. That's a great, great choice. So I'm, yeah, maybe at some point I will, I will make the trek over and we can, we can play. Cause I, yeah, that's, that's some serious throwbacks and like, I, I have no intention of buying a PS5 or Xbox, the new Xbox. But um, if if I had one, I would totally buy the shit out of the remastered version of that game because it sounds fun. Okay, so it's um, you last last night on Friday night. We did our our monthly our monthly movie with Katarina, and we decided to watch a du- double feature of the original Borat and Borat 2 and I I was a I'm a big fan of the first Borat it came out when I was in high school and it was throwbacks yeah it was one of those movies that among everybody at my high school it spread like wildfire so pretty much everybody at my high school saw the movie and everybody was quoting it like nonstop. And so I loved it when it first came out and I hadn't seen the original movie in, in a while until last, until Friday night. And it's still top notch. Like it's just, it's just absolutely ridiculous, quotable, insanely good and funny. Um, and then it was your first time watching it. Um, and cause we wanted to show you the first one. So you knew who the Borat character was before we watched the second one and Borat 2 is, is just exactly what you expect. It's so good. It's so funny. And I, I actually liked it a lot better than the first one. If only because I think the themes of the movie were a little bit more interesting and Sasha Baron Cohen kind of 
seeded this this being the star of the movie to his daughter in the movie who is played by this Bulgarian actress uh, Maria Bakalova and she does an incredible job her she's the star of the movie and there's a couple other female characters that show up in the movie too that like steal the show and really hit 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 the the theme of the movie home and so I really liked it I'd recommend seeing it it's funny it's outrageous it's ridiculous it's memorable. I'd give it 8.75 out of 10. Wow, very specific. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, yeah, that was, it was my first time. I, and I, it's funny because you hear the quotes. There's no way you can live this long not hearing like all the different quotes from the movie. So I think part of it is that kind of ruins it for you and the fact that like you some of these things that you've learned that you learn to enjoy in it watching it the first time you hear people abuse the shit out of you know like every time i'd hear very nice like it more would just kind of got like annoying after a while because mm-hmm. i hate like people will use it all the time and i'm a horrible person when it comes to secondhand embarrassment like I will watch something where I know someone's going to embarrass themselves and I will go like full blown underneath the covers to not watch it. Like it as if like someone's watching like scary movie because I get such terrible secondhand embarrassment and poor cat was like trying to get me to like not feel embarrassed watching it. And it was, she was giving it a very good go and I appreciate her for it, but I couldn't, I, I felt so bad at one point that I literally had to like kind of like step back for a minute because Kat and Richie were thoroughly enjoying the movie and I felt so bad that I couldn't enjoy it the way that they were. Richie was straight up like slapping his knee laughing so hard and I just wasn't there and I felt so bad for it and so I got really nervous once we got to the second one. The second one was like a complete 180 for me like I loved it. Like, absolutely adored it. I thought his daughter was the best part of the movie. Was absolutely amazing in it. And it was just straight up hilarious. Like, I loved it. The The tones in it were very relevant and were very necessary. But you also have to, like, appreciate the fact that, like, I... I can only imagine how hard it was to get into the certain situations that they got into in that movie and the fact that they were able to pull all that shit off, make it funny and interesting and that they acted so well in it, like all the way through it was, it was such a good movie. Like I would definitely give it a nine out of 10. There you go. Yeah. Fun fact about the movie um i actually read this last night because i went on a deep dive in terms of all the skits that they did trying to figure out like how they pulled it off and one of the things i i found out was that and this was true for the first movie too um borat in the movie um speaks the uh, speaks hebrew during the movie and his daughter, who obviously, like I said, is played by this Bulgarian actress, she was speaking her native language of Bulgarian during the movie. And so you have these two characters who are allegedly both from Kazakhstan, who are both speaking different languages. And 
for American viewers, we don't realize it. And that's part of what Sasha Baron Cohen's message is trying to get across to American viewers is this like, we're so in our own bubble that we don't even realize that these two characters are speaking two completely different languages in front of us. And we have no clue about it. I thought that was like fascinating. And um, there was uh, another, another nugget where he goes to a, uh, he go, it's in the trailer. So it's not a spoiler. He goes to this ball, right? And he is like trying to get his daughter to learn how to be a, a lady, basically. Yeah, and, it's a debutante um, ball, like yeah. very, very old school. Yeah, and they and so what happened is essentially they lied to all these people that were part of this. They all were like paid to be there essentially, but they it was under the pretenses of this documentary about this young girl learning how to be a um a, a debutante whatever you want to call it and so that's what they thought they were there for but they were there for a, they were there for the borat movie and i found there was an interview uh with one of the people who was there and <laughs> and he was like where it was anybody like outraged about it and like no they were just so confused as to what was happening but yeah, there's some, it's just, it's go, if, after you watch the movie, read into some of the stuff that was going on. It's, it's wild how they managed to pull all these pranks off without no, a lot of people knowing. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Do you have anything else before we get into some coyotes? Uh, no, other than the fact that um, I can only imagine what it was like as like, the actress that was with him like in order to she goes through a lot of like phases i guess you could say to go through all of those phases and all of the things that she does and to keep a straight face and to be like acting through all of that had to have been like so taxing and even him this time around i feel like had to be more taxing in the fact that people were literally like running up to him off the street going oh, you're Borat, you're Borat. And so he had to put on like a bunch of different disguises throughout it in order for people to not recognize him. I I just have to say like that had to be extremely hard to try and keep it going through all of that. And they did such a good job. 100%, go check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. It's hilarious. And Sporty Nation, before we move on and get into some Coyotes news of the week, we want to tell you about the Europuck podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, heya, and previet, hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to keep updated on all of the latest news, scores, or standings from across the European hockey world, you want to get some insight from some very interesting guests discussing their stories with hockey and how the sport grows around in Europe in different interesting places, or if you want to keep updated with all of the leagues across Europe that are either playing, have been suspended, cancelled, delayed indefinitely, then do check out our latest episodes of the Europuck Podcast every Friday as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We have a YouTube channel, the Europuck Podcast, and you can listen to us wherever else you get your podcasts. So check us out every Fridays and we'll see you there, folks. Okay, into some Coyotes News of the Week. This actually dropped on 
on Monday, if I'm not mistaken, but after we had recorded, Christian Fisher, who was a restricted free agent for the Coyotes, signed a two-year deal to remain with the team that drafted him. Uh, he It's going to be a deal that is averaging $1 million per season. So that's a, a very affordable deal for the Coyotes. For Christian Fisher, who, of course, plays on the bottom six, plays a, a more of a defensive penalty-killing type role, um, hasn't really quite developed his power-forward scoring ability at the NHL level as of yet. Um, that's something that's missing from his game. But Christian Fisher is a fan favorite. He's good in the locker room. He's hilarious to talk to. I'm glad he's coming back on a, on a short-term, pretty affordable deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's a great contract. I, I liked this. Um, like you said, it's it's very affordable. It's smart. I, I have no problems with it whatsoever. And, uh, you know, congratulations to you, Fish. Glad you're staying around. So, yeah, I'd imagine he's going to play in the bottom six again. His role is not going to change too much. Um, counties still have a couple – of restricted free free agents, excuse me, that um, that they need to sign, if I'm not mistaken, um, so that they haven't signed yet. But I believe their roster is pretty much filled out at this point. Um, we pretty much know what the roster is going to look like next season unless anything changes. So um, Christian Fisher, back with the Coyotes. Um, some other news from the Coyotes this week is this new ticket – initiative that they debuted called Yotes Share. And obviously we have no clue what the schedule is going to look like. We have no clue if fans are going to be allowed. And we have don't really know what's going to happen as far as the season is concerned. But I think this is a, a new plan, take a plan that I think is interesting and a good idea. So in case you didn't know, um, it, the Kyries are basically doing a timeshare for tickets. So you can own micro shares of Coyote season tickets. You can own as little as 5% or as much as 50% in different locations. So you're not as committed to a full season ticket package and you can more easily choose your, your games. And it's a lot easier to split a package. So if you go in a package that's, that's, that is, you know, two tickets a piece or whatever, well, you can easier you can split those two tickets among a group, and it's a lot easier to to buy tickets for. So, as far as I know, not a lot of other teams around the league do this sort of thing, and and so this is a, a nice idea from the Coyotes. Hopefully, we get fans back in the stands this year. But um, I wish more teams would do this because it just gives fans more options. No, I think it's cool. I think it's also a little bit confusing for some people. I think some people look at this and would would like them to like explain it more, simplify it more, a little bit more. Because I, I did see a few people online that were like, "Can someone explain this to me?" Um, but I think it's a smart idea in the fact that um, they have to deal with the fact that they don't know how many people are going to be coming to games, how many, like how many people are going to be allowed when a vaccine is going to come, whether, you know, that's going to change things. And you also have to remember that all of your fans for the most part have been going through some pretty big financial struggles when it comes to COVID-19. All of this has hit everyone in a different way. 
but people don't have that extra income that they can just blow on going to games anymore and blow on especially season tickets anymore. So this allows them to basically be able to to do that and make that commitment, but not have to make as big of a commitment and um, when it comes to whether they're actually going to go to the games or not, and two, financially a commitment. So I think it's really smart in that aspect and the fact that they looked at this and said, these are some problems that we're going to have. What's a solid solution to it? And to me, this is a pretty solid solution. And yeah, so we, we have no clue at this point what the Calvary's season tickets is going to look like and, and whatnot. Hopefully we find out soon because there's a lot of people that don't have a lot of answers across the league right now. Side note, as we are recording this, like right in the middle of my sentence, in fact, the oh, Tampa bitch. Bay Rays. You just tweeted, raise, 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 what a baseball game that was. I like that. Um, right in the middle of when I was trying to explain this ticket package, the Rays just walked off the Dodgers here in game four of the World Series. And uh, um, incredible. They were down to their last strike. Randy Rosarena then gets a base hit to continue the game. And the next batter up gets a ball just into the outfield. And um, they tie the game. And then there was a fielding error. It looked like Randy Rosarena scores from first base and the Rays walked off. And one of maybe the best World Series game I have watched and seen in since, I think it was game five, the 2017 World Series when the Astros and Dodgers played. And they played until like the 12th inning or something like that. And the score was like 15 to 12. Um, back and forth game, incredible. Congratulations to Tampa Bay Ways on their win. But um, let's move on to some more Coyotes news of the week, which is something we kind of talked about last week a little bit. But the Coyotes and the Arizona Kachinas opened up their brand new rink, the Coyotes Community Ice Center out in Mesa. It's officially open for business now, and it's going to be home to the Arizona Kachinas. And um, it was a cool kind of opening ceremony as Clayton Keller was there, Bill Armstrong was there. Um, and they kind of had a ceremonial puck drop in a way where they had one of those robots come in and Leighton Accardo, who is the young girl who's battling cancer right now that Coyotes fans know well and love and the, the players love her, and she's been entrenched in the organization. She was a part of the ceremonial kind of opening puck drop along with um, Clayton Kelly. And it, was, it was a great, uh, great little moment for the Coyotes, but this is a big deal. Uh, another sheet of ice in Arizona that is home, mostly home to women's soccer. We talked a little, about, a little bit about it last week, but – the game of hockey, the sport continues to grow here. More sheets of ice, the more the merrier. Yeah, there's a couple of really awesome things in here. One, it's really awesome that they were able to get Leighton, um, you know, robotically, I guess you could say, there because of the fact that, you know, with the times that we're in, it's definitely very dangerous for her to be um, out anywhere. And so for them to make that to go the extra length and to be able to get her there in essentially is so cool. I think that's really awesome. And it, it speaks wonders to, um, to the organization and um, their, the, the lengths that they went to for that. that that's super cool. And then two, um, 
always beyond happy to hear that there is another shoe device here in Arizona because of the fact that, you know, with hockey growing more and more in the state, um, you're going to need more sheets of ice. And the fact that this one is going to house a women's team is even cooler. Um, no pun intended. Um, but uh, I, I do worry a little bit in the fact that this sheet of ice just opened um, during COVID times. So that has to be a little bit rough because ice is expensive in Arizona. Um, so uh, that that's always a little bit nerve wracking, but at the same time, it's not like they're not playing hockey right now, you know, like they're still um, doing uh, playing youth hockey. So that's not, that's not necessarily a problem on that end, but I, I think it's always a good idea for um, more hockey and more women's hockey. And we will, I, I think Richie and I will preach that until we are old and gray and like on our deathbeds. Like we will always say that more hockey and especially more women's hockey will always be a good thing here in Arizona. I, I 100% agree with you. Um, I, uh, I'm friends with uh, Jordan Nash Bolden, who is the goaltender for, who was the goaltender for the ASU women's hockey team. Um, and she just graduated and, um, maybe we'll get her on the podcast soon. That would be cool. That would be so really cool to see from her end. Yeah. So we can talk some more about women's hockey. She also coaches, I believe, part-time with the Kachinas too. So she'd be able to provide some insight there. Maybe we'll do that sporting nation. Maybe that's just a, a hint about what's to come in the future. So that's it for your Coyotes news this week. Yay. I know we have so many Coyotes things going on right now, right, guys? <laughs> um, we usually don't do a lot of NHL stuff as a whole on this show. Because let's be honest, you can go to 50,000 other fucking podcasts to get NHL news on a regular basis. And a lot of those people do a lot better than we can. So we tend to focus pretty much exclusively on the Coyotes on this show. But there was some big-time NHL news this week, too. And it, uh, it, it was very sad, but I knew it was coming, which is that legendary play-by-play voice of the NHL, Doc Emmerich, announced his retirement this week. And I think, Corey, you know this, but when I, I used to do play-by-play in college for ASU's hockey team and – one of my idols and one of my inspirations and one of the people I, you know, kind of modeled what I, I tried to do after was Doc Emmerich. He was, he's the best in the business for a reason. And he was so good. And the reason why he was so good is because in hockey play-by-play, what you have to do is – it's an exciting sport, so you have to act excited all the time. And Doc Emmerich was the best at that. He was the best, at, even during a boring game, a boring nothing-nothing hockey game. You can tune into Doc and be entertained because his energy was so high. His vocabulary was unlike anything other in, in sports. And uh, he is going to be missed from the sport of hockey because – the way I would describe him, Corey, is essentially like 
if I say name your the when I say hockey broadcasting, you think of Doc Emmerich, right? Yeah, and I also would like to thank him too for your caffeine addiction because I think he is the reason why you have a caffeine addiction because Richie like even on days that he would come in and he would be tired he would want to emulate that level of excitement and so he started down this dark path of of caffeine (laughs) addiction and I think that's how we've gotten here today I don't know I don't know if that's I, I, I'm fine. I'll go with it. Yeah, I think that's true. Because I wanted to make sure I was energized for every broadcast. So that's why I did that. But like my point being, like if I say name the, uh, a football broadcaster, everybody's going to name something different. Like when they hear the sport of football, they're going to hear a different voice in their head. But with hockey, that's you true. hear Doc. And and same thing with baseball. You're going to hear a different announcer, blah, 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 blah. But Doc was hockey. And so to not have him calling games anymore is, is he's going to be missed. And, um, and so congratulations on an incredible career, Doc. He, it lasted for basically 50 years, called over 20 Stanley Cup finals. Um, and the hockey world is going to miss him for sure. Oh, absolutely. And you have to recognize, too, like the outpouring of love and support that he got from everyone, from all facets of whether it was fans, players, everyone that is um, involved with the NHL in any way. Like he was able to touch the hearts of everyone in the fact that he loved and adored what he did. And he put his passion into that every single time he had a mic in front of him. And that is something that, you know, we could all only wish to do in our lives is to have a decorated career of something that we truly are passionate about and love. And so it's a, a beautiful thing that he was able to do that. It, it does, um, not to bring any of this down at all, it does kind of suck that this is how it had to go out for him in the fact that, you know, like with this last season and this last Stanley Cup being what it was it just it it is very sad that this is what he's going to be ending on but um he's had a beautiful career and it's something that he can always hang his hat on i i wholeheartedly agree okay should we get to um we had some other stuff to talk about but we can save that for next week in fact uh we uh we were planning on doing a um, – we got this suggestion from, from Nick from the San Jose Sharks podcast that wanted us to talk about the best cast superheroes, but I don't think we have enough time to get to it on this podcast, so we'll, we'll do that next week because that conversation came up because I tweeted something out, and I think I made Corey really angry. I but- mean, I, I, th- this is very simple, Richie. We don't need to go into this. Robert Downey Jr. with a nice honorable mention of Ryan Reynolds – Happy belated birthday. Yeah, and I, that came about because Kat and I are watching the X-Men series again. And uh, I, I was like, Hugh, da- Hugh Jackman's played that character for almost damn near two decades. And so that's why that conversation came up. But we'll save that for another time. Uh, but anyway, as we always wrap up our shows now, this it's time for week three of hashtag random shit. And so let's begin with 
with some news uh, from the political world. Politics on the podcast. Don't usually do it, but in this case, we will. So, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, as I like to call her, she and um, Elon Omar, who's also a congresswoman, and uh, several Twitch streamers decide to hop on Twitch and play Among Us, which apparently is a new thing on the internet these days. Are you are you familiar with the, the game Among Us? Uh, no, I am not. And also, quick question. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, so they also came out with the fact that, like, Zoe 101 is going to do, like, a cast reunion and everything, which I, which I loved Zoe 101. I was really excited about it. And then they showed, like, all of these people that are coming back, and then they showed a bunch of uh, TikTok people. Why are TikTok people and Twitch people thrown into, like, everything nowadays? I don't know. I don't know, because I don't... I, I don't... I am the first to tell you, I have no fucking clue how Twitch works. I don't really know what it is. I... You, I, you, you stream things. Most people stream um, them playing video games. And they make a lot of fucking money off of it. Like Yeah, lot. I know I know who Ninja is and that's about it. Oh yeah, no, and, and even like um one of the guys I work with, his brother is one of those like gamers and uh he just plays uh Rocket League all day and makes ton a ton of fucking money off of it. That's you crazy. don't have to be ninja, like ninja doesn't even like play anymore, I don't think. He just makes money off of like his own brand. You can be like, and it's his little brother, and like, and he's a year older than me. I'm 26, so he'd be 27. So his brother is is under 27 and makes a shit ton of money off of just playing video games all day. So that's what Twitch does. It it makes you fucking money for playing video games. That's crazy, and it also works apparently as a get out the vote initiative because AOC and Elon Omar and several other Twitch streamers who are playing this Among Us stream set records on Twitch for how many people were tuning in. At one point, there were over 435,000 people watching AOC play this game live, which is insanely crazy. And again, it was targeted basically to get out the vote. So that's what they were trying to do. And as we already know, with early balloting underway, over 50 million people have voted already in this election, which is crazy. So that's what AOC was trying to do, and she set records doing it. Damn, that's impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, that is, I guess, uh, a way and an outlet to get to the the younger voters, for sure. You, I guess if you really want to get to an 18-year-old and try and get them to get out and vote, that, that would be a way to do it. I mean, uh I always will be in support of, you know, people telling other people to use their right to vote because that is the only way you can get your voice heard. And so um, that is, that's cool. I mean, it's very creative. What a, uh, I don't know who came up with that from her team or if she thought of it, but it was a very smart idea on her part. Okay, let's go to China for our next story and again random shit headlines from around the world so we go to china for this one where a woman tested her blind date by inviting all of her relatives to see if he'd still pay and it backfired big time 
so after being set up on the from by the guy's mom on a, a woman decided to test her blind date's generosity by inviting 23 of her relatives along on their first date to see if he'd still pick up the bill for dinner this guy could have been the most generous man alive and still justifiably been blindsided and used by his blind date and his actions were justified when the three thousand dollar check came for dinner and everyone realized he'd already bounced and the woman was stuck picking up the tab behind the scenes on this story the guy had already agreed to pay for the dinner prior to but before he 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 died and dashed basically on his date and his 23 other relatives (laughs) okay that is psycho that is a straight up psycho the i i do not blame him i would get as far away from that situation as possible he agreed to paying for her dinner mm-hmm. not all of her family members dinner like i mean probably the most justified thing to do is to like go to the waiter or waitress and be like hey can i just pay for mine and her food and then leave them with the rest of it and then bounce but like i kind of can't blame him for just running away because of the fact that that is some crazy shit like that's like a how many how many relatives were there again 23 okay that's not one red flag that's 23 red flags so i would be running as far away as fucking possible in that situation i i really can't blame him for this and um, reports say the duo were able to reach an agreement that meant Mr. Lou would pay for a small part of the meal, but that the bulk of the cost had to be shared among the woman and her family. Uh, duh. What the fuck did you think would happen? <laughs> like, genuinely, what the fuck did you think would happen? Like, mm, yes, he's not going to find this as a red flag at all. He's going to be the most generous person I've ever met and just pay for all of it. And also, what was this man's occupation? Like, what did she, how loaded does she think he was? Because, like, it's not every day that people can just, like, drop three grand on dinner. They, you know, like, he's not a fucking professional athlete. Like, who drops three grand just casually on dinner? Yeah, I don't understand what this woman was trying to do. No word on if they're still together. I'm assuming they're not. I hope he changed his name and his address and got very far away. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. This was all, like I said, this was all set up by his mother that set this blind date up. And this insane madness happened from there. Okay, and and never trust your mother's taste in women ever again. Is this a prank? Is this part of Bora? Is this going to be something that comes out in like a a movie later that they're playing a giant prank on this guy? That's kind of what it sounds like, doesn't it? It sounds like something you would find on like Crank Yankers or what's that show on True TV with the the group of friends that pranks people all the time? Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they were at Comic Con, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, practical in impractical jokers. Jokers. There you go. Yeah. 
Yeah, right, or maybe an more... episode of What Would You Do? Like, it's something like that. Yeah. I got one more story before we get out of here. Now, 2020 has been crazy. We've had pandemics. We've had... <laughs> we've had Tiger King. We've had... A lot of other shit happen. Including Murder Hornets. Do you remember Murder Hornets? Oh, I do remember Murder Hornets. I, I will say, though, that Tiger King and Murder Hornets do kind of feel like it was, like, in another life. Yeah, because that the most of those came down, like, early on in the pandemic, like, back in March and April, which is insane. But the Murder Hornets are back in the news because the Washington State Department of Agriculture tweeted on Saturday afternoon that they had finally found a massive nest of murder hornets that they were able to vacuum out from a tree cavity, <laughs> which is insane. Uh, and this is the first nest of these venomous insects to be successfully located almost a year of worrisome sightings near the British Columbia border. So, and here's the crazy thing. There are pictures of this and not only do they have to use the vacuums, but I swear the people that were doing this had to do this in fucking spacesuits. Like it's I was crazy. Say, they're in full me, one, like me, hazmat suits, right? I would. Yeah, be. yeah, yeah. Let me, let me, uh, let me send you this picture here because this is what they had to wear. It looks like they're on the moon or something, trying to get rid of these things. It's, yeah. it's. As someone who has a deep fear of bees this sounds mm -hmm. awful to me absolutely awful luckily they've been vanquished now for now at oh least oh my thanks, gosh thanks to the good work of the washington state agricultural department oh and it looks like they got this the suits loaned to them by the by the michelin man <laughs> that's yeah or that's the pillsbury doughboy Mm -hmm. One of the two. That's true. So sleep well, Sporty Nation. The murder hornets are contained for the time being. All right, that's going to pretty much wrap it up for this edition of uh, Sporty with Corey and Richie. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Check out our merch store. Follow the network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, anything else before we, we get out of here? Uh, beat LA. Well said. Good night and good hockey, everybody.